0: Welcome, everyone, to the latest edition of BAMS Radio. I know it's the first time in a few weeks we've come to you. We previewed spring practice as it was about this, really as it had just gotten underway uh, at the University of Alabama uh, here on BAMS Radio. Now, uh, A Day is this coming Saturday. Uh, Spring practice is winding down for the University of Alabama. We've got a lot of scrimmage intel from the first two. Uh, Closed scrimmages for the University of Alabama to talk about tonight, and of course we've got to you know pay homage uh, to the basketball team. What a great run they made under Nate Oates. and they've had some unbelievable quality additions already through recruiting, and even someone that now will not be a part of uh, the recruiting class coming in. So a lot going on at the University of Alabama uh, in the in the few weeks since we last spoke with you. Uh, but as always, we've got our usual. Uh, you know, uh, trio with us. Uh, Thomas Watts, the wizard, he is in the the port city of Mobile uh, producing us as he always does, going to give us his analytical thoughts on the University of Alabama uh, as uh, they head into the end of spring practice here in 2021. And of course, William Redfish Barger, 1992 national champion, uh, and from 89 to 93, a member of the Crimson Tide and someone that always keeps his ear to the ground when it comes to Alabama football, guys, I hope you had a great Easter holiday. You know, we're back together talking some Alabama football. Welcome back, William. How are you doing tonight? Doing good, Drew, and uh wanted to wish you a belated happy birthday. Well, I appreciate it, gentlemen. I, you know, it's I was joking and uh, on my show talking ball, I, I said I turned Wesley Neighbors, and uh, if you just remember the number he wore for the Crimson Tide, he wore number 46 during his time with Alabama and then became a big part of Nick Saban's coaching staff as an analyst on the defensive side for five years uh, and also special teams. And now is the safeties coach for former Alabama wide receivers coach Billy Napier at the University of Louisiana, Lafayette. So he is climbing up the coaching ladder. Uh, Maybe someday we'll be back at his alma mater at the, at the Capstone, but uh, he's doing very well, and I uh, appreciate the uh, well wishes. appreciate everyone who reached out uh, via text, uh, social media, and, and everything to wish me a happy birthday. It was a good one. Spent it in Gunnersville this past weekend uh, with the family. I uh, ate some great food at top of the river, and it was good to see my brother and his wife and spend some quality time, but I also got a chance uh, as an early birthday present to be inside Bryant Denny Stadium guys for the first time and uh, you know since really the end of the 2019 season so didn't get it didn't have a spring practice last year, was not in attendance for any of the games uh, you know this past season to watch Alabama win their 18th national championship sixth under Nick Saban, but certainly uh, you know was able to uh, you know get it uh, return inside Bryant Denny Stadium with the Red Elephant Club. On Saturday so excited about that you had a chance to see some uh, you know some Alabama football Uh, and I know William you got a lot of intel as well so really excited about uh, what we uh, what we uh, saw potentially out of this team I know they 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 probably lost more talent offensively than we've seen them lose uh, in one year under Nick Saban but I still think they're going to be able to reload and defensively uh, I thought after I saw everything it was the best group of talent since that 2016 defense uh, that fell just short of winning a national championship against Clemson. And then, and then I know it'll almost seem like hell's freezing over saying this, but he went five of five with two from 50 plus. I'm feel comfortable in saying that Alabama has the best place kicker in America. And uh, in, in after what he did last year as well, and will Reichert, So some uh, excellent building blocks for Alabama And, uh, William, I know you had some uh, outstanding intel as well, but the first thing that sticks out to me, and I know what the fans want to talk about, is the quarterbacks. And and, uh, I think the uh, the surprise of the scrimmage was a QB, Jalen Milrow, but uh, the steady as she goes is Bryce Young,
1: and he's far and away, to me, QB1. No, I agree with that. And I think he's, you know, kind of built on, you know, and I think the the way the – you know, the, the COVID stuff happened last year. You didn't get a spring practice. And, you know, I, I never understood the, the hand-wringing and the angst that, that a lot of Alabama fans had about, you know, when, when Bryce did get his limited opportunities last season. Um, I, I thought he performed well. Um, when, when you factor in, you know, no spring practice, you know, things were kind of, you know, hinky during fall camp in August. Um, you know, he's a, a vastly different quarterback than, you know, who the QB1 was ahead of him in Matt Jones. Uh, but, you know, I think he's kind of taken that, you know, next step. I think he's assumed the leadership role. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's any doubt that, you know, with, with spring practice winding down and A-Day you know, upon us on Saturday, that he's the clear-cut leader in the clubhouse as, as QB1. And, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be any surprise, um, you know, with, with the way things have played out during spring practice and, you know, with the stuff that's going to go on in August. You know, I expect one Jalen Milrow to be QB, two, um, And there's probably not going to be a lot of shadow of doubt about that position as well.
0: Well, and that's interesting that you bring up Jalen Milrow, because as, uh, you know, I was saying uh, at the start of our conversation, he, uh, you know, has uh, improved dramatically from scrimmage one to scrimmage two. And that's straight from Nick Saban. And then being able to watch how dynamic he is as an athlete. He had an outstanding run early in the scrimmage. And then, of course, uh, I, and then Bryce Young had the most, you know, uh, eye-popping throws and the most elite throws in the, in the scrimmage, no question. But the best throw of the day in my opinion, was by Jalen Milrow. And it was a 40-yard rope, uh, you know, to uh, tie you Jones-Bell, the sophomore wide receiver. I mean, it was uh, outstanding, a dime of a throw, uh, showing his potential. He got off to a slow start throwing the ball, but really warmed up, and you can just see in him the athleticism, and it just he, it oozes talent. Now, he didn't throw the ball a lot, or a lot like other quarterbacks, I should say, at like Katie Tompkins in, in Texas, He was a guy that, you know, they ran the football quite a bit. They used his mobility. So he's a developing passer. But I know Nick Saban is very high on him. And you brought up a good, you know, point that Alabama really, uh, you know, with with the style of quarterback that Bryce Young is different uh, than Mac Jones in that he's a quarterback that can move. He can run himself. But, you know, he also – he's still a pocket QB first and foremost – but again, he does have the ability to extend plays stylistically it's the perfect backup for him would be a Jalen Milrow. Uh, Paul Tyson is more like Mac Jones. You would have to call the plays a little bit different. Uh, no quarterback runs, really, really no RPOs. It would be a different game. Uh, now Paul Tyson showing a lot of toughness. Uh, uh, he does have a, a significant, you know, hamstring injury right now. So give him credit for gutting it out uh, and, and practicing, but uh, you know, I agree with you, William. I think once Milrow continues to uh, get the offense down and and you know and, and matures, uh, and if he can come uh, and if he can come, uh, you know, a, a good way uh, by the time we hit fall camp, and we've seen freshmen do that once they get the playbook down after they enroll early and they get a chance to work in the off season, I think it's going to be tough for Paul Tyson to hold him off. I think you know Bryce Young and Milrow will be the two guys. And then, uh, you know, next year you've got Paul – or excuse me, Ty Simpson coming in, another five-star. You know, and so Paul Tyson, it'll be interesting to see what he does with his future. I think Paul can play winning football at Alabama, but I just think the upside is vast for Jalen Milrow. And then Bryce Young, I think he's going to be a great player in his own right. He had three touchdowns, one pick in the scrimmage. Uh, You know, he had a, a really nice throw. To Jaleel Billingsley for a touchdown, also to Javon Baker in a tight window, and then to Cameron Latu in red zone work. Uh, but I think, and, and I think another thing too, this is really his first full. This is his first full spring at Alabama. But really, it was only his third scrimmage, and I because he missed one of them last year in fall camp due to COVID. So he's just now starting to get comfortable. And of course, Alabama's being uh, milk toast. They're not going to show a lot. So there's going to be aspects of this offense that we won't see until the fall. And so I, I do think that Bryce has got this job almost locked up. Uh, you know, you can't, you, you don't want to say completely coming out of spring, but I think it really is uh, uh, you bet maybe probably 90%. And I think he's going to be the guy. And I'm anxious to see this offense under Bill O'Brien and Nick Saban and what they're going to do because they've got a lot of good young talent. And I know this. Uh, we're talking about the quarterbacks right now, but I, I, from what I saw, the, the MVP of that scrimmage, William was Roy Dell Williams. He had an outstanding scrimmage. I know you uh, saw him at Hueytown high school. He is, you know, a stud. He reminds me a lot of Josh Jacobs really quick, fast, but also has some power. He was the only back that scored when they did goal line drills. He ran over, uh, you know, uh, the DeMoyer Kennedy, who's going to be a really good linebacker at Alabama, but he dealt him some misery. Uh, and I believe Deontay Lawson was in there as well, the true freshman, but he is a really good back. And you got Jace McClellan uh, in front of him, along with Brian Robinson. Robinson is kind of the, the steady as she goes guy, but Jace has got a lot of talent himself. But I thought that scrimmage was Roy Dell's. We didn't see a lot of Keelan Robinson, Nick Saban saying he's transitioning to more of a slot role, so he's learning the playbook in that regard. But I think it, it's honestly, after what I saw, and then Kyle Edwards had two touchdowns, he would start at half the SEC schools, William. I think this backfield is the deepest at Alabama since 2013.
1: Well, I'll take it one step further, Drew. I think this might be, you know, from top to bottom, um, Nick Saban's most talented team since he's been um, in Tuscaloosa. Wow. So when, when you look at, you know, the different position groupings, you know, I know a lot of people are, you know, up in arms about the offensive line group and, you know, there's you know plenty of people that have, you know, missed practice time and all that other stuff. So, you know, I, I think the O-line room is still to be determined, but, um, you know, you touched on this, you um, and, you know, it, it really kind of, you know, makes my crotch tingle a little bit thinking about, you know, if you've got a Bryce Young and you've got a Jalen Milrow and you've got a solid offensive line. And, you know, I, I know, you know, based on what I've seen Bill O'Brien do in the past, you know, specifically um, what he did with Deshaun Watson, you know, when he was with the Houston Texans. But, but just think about this for a second, especially with Jahil Billingsley kind of morphing into Irv Smith before our eyes. And, you know, if I was the play caller, which I'm not, um, in Tuscaloosa this year, you could zone read and play action teams to death, um, you know, with those running backs. And I, I do think the the – wide receiver room is going to get um, even more talented once, you know, JoJo Earl gets on campus. And and I'm a big fan of O'Leary. I think both of those guys might and should possibly um, factor in into the kick return and the punt return game in August. But I would nickel and dime teams to death um, with Bryce Young running, you know, zone read packages, to Jaleel Billingsley with seam routes down the middle. You you could make people go opposing defensive coordinators lose their minds with that type of attack.
0: Yeah, that's, you know, I think so too. I mean, I think this
1: is still a team that
0: uh, definitely has elite talent on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, and that's a good segue to go into the offensive line. Uh, You know, as Nick Saban said uh, after the scrimmage, We did not see Javion Cohen, uh, who has really impressed Nick Saban. They've they've done a lot of, you know, moving around. What they've started doing a lot is starting out guys at offensive tackle then moving them inside the guard. He's one of them that did that. He was a right tackle last season. He's moved inside the guard. He's been competing, uh, you know, at the left and right guard spots. I think he's been playing a lot of right guard, but he was not in the lineup on Saturday. Uh, so they did some more experimenting. They they took uh, Damian George, who has really transformed his body. Uh, it's just really um, uh, really amazing to see William because uh, you know you remember when D J Fluker got to Alabama, he was 400 pounds. He had to you know really reshape his body. Same thing with Damian George. He's I've heard he's lost at the 70 pounds. We saw him get in last year at right tackle and some when uh, they would put in the reserves, and he did a nice job. But, he, you know, he was at right guard for the majority of the scrimmage. We saw Kendall Randolph get extensive reps at right tackle. He was, he was okay. You know, they still struggled to protect the passer. Evan Neal, that was the, what the concern was. He started out at left tackle. I thought he did a solid job, but then they took him out. He's got a few different ailments. I don't think any of it's serious. but They certainly don't want to get him hurt. Badly before the end of spring, so they they took him out. I think it was more as a precaution to get him healthy. And then they they threw James Brock, excuse me, Tommy Brockermeyer into the fire. James was with the threes at center, but you know Tommy played the majority of the scrimmage, over half of it at first string left tackle, and he struggled. I mean he he did a nice job at times, but then they struggled in pass pro. But they're they're trying to block a bunch of beasts uh, up front. Tommy, uh, you know Tommy Brown was at left guard. Uh, And then Chris Owens at center. And I do think, you know, when Cohen and Emil Ekior get back, Ekior certainly will be at one of the guards. He was at right last year. I wouldn't be surprised if he's at left, you know, next to Evan Neal. Then it's just going to be a battle between Cohen and Tommy Brown, you know, at at that right guard spot to me. And so I – but I agree with Nick Saban. He believes when this group gets healthy that they're going to be good. J.C. Latham and Brockermeyer both got a lot of reps. Uh, all, both of them were, of course, with the twos quite a bit and, and played. And then both of them got reps with the ones. Brockermeyer got more on the left side. But Latham's going to be fine. And I always go and hearken back to Cam Robinson struggling his first uh, spring at Alabama and then coming such a long way by the fall. I'm going to be interested to see uh, uh, Tommy Brockermeyer and Latham, how much better they get by the fall and how much they can push guys like Damian George and Evan Neal, who right now, to me, are the favorites to start at the OT, the OT spots.
1: Well, I mean, I, I saw the Cam Robinson transformation. Um, yeah, you did. To, up close, right. You know, the, the, the first full pads practice, um, you know, at the football mm-hmm. complex, when Cam Robinson was a true freshman, and, you know, I walked away from that thinking, you know, th- this guy's not going to be able to help us this year. And then I went to, I don't know if it was the first or the second scrimmage in August, and I was like, oops, I was wrong about this. He's going to start <laughs> from day one. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, you know, if I had to, you know, place a wager on it based on, you know, the high school film that I've seen, I haven't seen either one of them live since they've been in Tuscaloosa, you know, I would place my money on J.C. Latham over Tommy Brockemeyer. But the fact that both of those guys are in the conversation, because you might see one of those guys, you know, slide inside if they become, you know, one of the best five. Yeah. But the fact that both of them are, are still in the conversation, you know, and getting first and second team reps, that, that that's a big bonus for – Um, you know, the 2021 offensive line, and, you know, here again, this is what bothers me about the hand-wringing portion of the fan base. Um, You know, since Nick Saban showed up in 2007 with Joe Pendry as his offensive line coach, year in and year out, whether it was Joe Pendry, um, whether it was Jeff Stoutland, whether it was – Mario Cristobal. You know, I can remember two years ago, you know, Alabama fans texting me and emailing me saying, oh, this is a freaking disaster. Um, you know, Kyle Flood sucked when he was at Rutgers. Uh, guess what? He might have put together the best offensive line last year that Alabama football's ever seen. And, yeah. you know, now there's people saying that. You know, Doug Marone's not the answer as the offensive line coach. Look, when you've got the players that Nick Saban recruits and gets into that program on an annual basis, year in and year out, shit, Drew, you and I could go down there and coach them. Now, they might not be Joe Moore finalists, but they would oh. be a solid college football offensive line. Um, oh, well, I- so yeah. I, I'm not real worried about that group. You know, the, the the thing on offense that intrigues me the most is the wide receiver ring. Yes. And, you know, you know, Mechie's kind of been banged up this spring and, you know, we're hearing the same, the exact same things about Javon Baker that we heard this time last year about John Mechie. You know, mm. this is the next guy up. He, he's going to be a superstar. Um, but but I I think every Alabama fan needs to take a you know a pause, and you know let's wait and see what O'Leary does after a spring, and then JoJo Earl shows up. You know I, I think there's still a lot of moving parts, you know of the of this recruiting class that's going to have to wait and be to be determined until August to fall camp, and then you've got. So many dynamic players on the other side of the football that are going to come in and add depth and, you know, maybe instant impact to what's already a very deep and talented defense. I mean, you know, what's that defensive line going to look like? And when I say the defensive line, I incorporate the Sam and Jack position into it as well. So, you know, Damon Payne's going to show up this summer. Dallas Turner's going to show up this summer. I mean, you know, it's crazy what the the amount of talent that this 2021 Alabama football teams got at their disposal.
0: Yeah, it is and you know, I and, and like
1: I was saying, you know, I,
0: I I told some folks, I mean, the I think that the O-line will be solid. I mean, the second team group I thought uh still looked pretty good. I mean, you know, the uh you know, and that was with you know, we, we, they got several guys missing, but you know, they've got Darian Dow Court at center. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, they had Brockermeyer and J.C. And, uh, and J- and J. Latham uh, at uh, the tackle spots, uh, you know. And, 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 again, I think, overall, it's a, it was, it's a solid group. Uh, they had McLaughlin at one guard and Amari Kite at the other, as I said, because they've been moving a lot of tackles inside. And like Nick Saban has even said, he believes they're going to be solid when everyone's healthy, but they're able to cross train a lot of guys and put them in spots and where they can play more than one. And I will say with Damian George getting first team reps extensively at right guard right now, I think they believe he's one of the best five. So he's, I I think he's going to be a heavy favorite uh, to start at the right tackle spot, but you bring up a great point about a JC Latham, you know, possibly ended up being one of those offensive guards, you know, going forward. Uh, you know, if he ends up being one of the best five, could even push a guy like Tommy Brown out of the lineup or, uh, you know, a JV and Cohen. It just depends on how much better he gets. I mean, it's going to be a really interesting transition uh, from spring to fall. But And then, the other story of the two scrimmages, William, you brought up, we talked about Jaleel Billingsley kind of morphing into the next as you said, Irv Smith, uh, but Cameron Latu, I think, is going to be more than an able replacement for Miller Forrestall, who had a really good senior year. But I've, I liked Latu a couple of years ago, and they moved him to tight end, but he was still learning how to play the position. He's had to bide his time, but he had two more touchdowns, William, and uh, a guy that just really, to me, uh, he's had a couple of touchdowns in these in these scrimmages already. Uh, he had one, he had really two in this one and two in the first one. Uh, The second one got blown dead in the, uh, you know, Saturday because Bryce got touched. But if it had been a real football play, he gets a two-yard touchdown. He had about a 20-plus-yard touchdown or about a 20-yard touchdown during red zone work. But I really like what I'm seeing. I think the third tight end will ultimately be Kendall Randolph, but, you know, who can play both tackle and tight end, and he's a a blocker. But, you know, I think Cameron Latu and Billingsley are going to be a heck of a duo uh, at that tight end spot.
1: No, I mean, I think, obviously, you know, based on everything that I've seen, which I haven't seen it with my own two eyes, but based on everything that I've been told, I think Cameron Latu on the offensive side of the football has been the, the biggest surprise of the 2021 spring practice. I mean, I think this guy, you know, is settled into one position. Um, he's comfortable. He knows the playbook. And, you know, there again, I mean, you know, Billingsley is, you know, on the verge of superstardom. And I think, you know, based on what Bill O'Brien decides to do with him is it, going to depend on how just of a big of a superstar Billingsley becomes, but I think as a compliment to that, um, Cameron Latu's emergence this spring might be the biggest story of the spring Alabama football team.
0: Agreed. And as we finish the uh, conversation on offense, we're going to go back to your most intriguing room, the wide receivers. I completely agree that one one of the best sources I have in recruiting He's an outstanding talent evaluator. He called me two years ago and he said, "Um, "You know, what does Alabama think of Baker?" And I said, "He goes, are they going to keep him?" And I said, "Yeah, you know, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't signed yet, but in the early period, but they, he's got some grade issues to work through, but they're going to sign him late. They, from what I understand, they really like his potential." He goes, "Well, he's elite." He's going to be great. He's the, he he told me early on that Jerry Judy would be an all-American either at wide receiver or corner. You know, he he was the one that helped me with Josh Jacobs. He just he knows talent when he sees it. You know, he, he told me he was told me early on about Brian, uh, you know, uh, you know about uh, Brian Branch in the secondary. So he's really got a knife for talent. So he loves this guy. He had a touchdown, the first touchdown of the scrimmage in in tight coverage, did Baker. He's got some swagger to him. He made several catches. So I think right now he's in that top three. Slade Bolden, uh, of course, is going to be there. He didn't play a lot during the scrimmage this past Saturday, but they know what they have with him. He's solid. And then you've got Mechie, who's wide receiver one, as you talked about. He will be there in the fall. He's recovering from that significant ankle injury that he had last year. But you've got those three guys. And then what's going to be intriguing is all the competition to try to get, you know, on the, bowl, get on the field, you know, at, at, behind those guys. And I think, you know, that, that these three true freshman early enrollees really did themselves some good. I, we, we talked about the, the Tyu Jones-Bell touchdown. He's got some talent. Trayshawn Holden was in that top three with Mechie being out. So I think he and Bryce Young have some chemistry there. But you've got Trayshawn Holden, you've got Tyu Jones-Bell. And then you've got the three true freshmen, Ja'Cory Brooks, Christian Leary, and Ajai Hall. Right now, William, and I'm sure you've heard this as well, I think the coaching staff, especially Bill O'Brien, has taken a liking to Ajai Hall. He's got really good size. I thought he made several plays Saturday. He didn't have any touchdowns. And then the, the only thing that was concerning was there were some drops from the position, especially from those true freshmen, even Hall. But, Hall came back and made several good catches. I thought he had a lot of grit to him, and I'm going to be uh, really interested to see how much progress the true freshman guys make uh, from from this spring to the fall. And then you, you brought it up, JoJo Earl, a guy that's explosive like a waddle, that brings you a different element. I'm going to be really, really interested to see how this wide receiver group and how the roles develop with these guys going into fall camp.
1: Well, I mean, I would say this. I mean, I, I'm hearing the same, you know, whispers about Javon Baker that I heard about, you know, John Mechie two years ago. It, it, it's almost like parallel information. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know. It, it, but what I would back up and say to you, Drew, is, um, again, you know, yeah, JoJo Earl. Uh, you know, Christian Leary, where where those guys kind of come into play. And I'm not dumb enough to fall into this rabbit hole. I know as the sun rises tomorrow, there's going to be, you know, a a solid guy like Brian Robinson, you know, collecting kickoffs. There's going to be a, you know, a guy like a Jalen Waddell or a, a Jojo Earl or Christian Leary Back there with them. That's what we're gonna see, cause I, I've watched Nick Saban for, you know, damn near 15 years now. Um, but that 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 facet of the offense is what's gonna be so interesting to watch. And you know, what you and I can't figure out is, you know, how is Bill O'Brien and Nick Saban gonna figure it out? But. Yeah yeah, I want to see Jojo Earl and I want to see Christian Leary returning kickoffs and, and, and punt returns. Um, are, are we really going to have to wait maybe 18 months after Jalen Waddle showed, um, that he was the best guy to return punts, um, for the Alabama football program, because that's how it always seems to work out, especially on, you know, kickoffs, you know, you, yeah, Brian Robinson is going to be back there. Is it going to be Killian Robinson? Is it going to be JoJo Earl or, or Christian Leary? That's that's how that's all going to work out. I've seen it way too many times.
0: Well, it's funny you. That's a perfect segue because
1: we can go to special teams before defense. Uh, you,
0: Keelan Robinson, as we said earlier, is making kind of a transition between to be a hybrid slight receiver and running back like a Kenyon Drake. And we've talked about him being that kind of position guy. He was deep on kickoff returns, Keelan Robinson with Roy Dell Williams, which I thought was very interesting. And both those guys are dynamic, but you're right. It'll be interesting to see ultimately if Christian Leary gets a long look there. And when Jojo Earl gets on campus, the two punt returners were Slade Bolden, but the one that seems to be the favorite right now is Kool-Aid McKinstry. From Pinson Valley, he was back there, uh, you know, when Nick Saban was working with him extensively. So that would be interesting to get uh, a an athlete like Kool-Aid in that role. But again, Jojo Roll is not here. That could be something that Jojo Rural takes a, uh, you know, a like a fish to water to uh, when he gets here. That'll be interesting. As I said earlier, Will Reichert, best place kicker in America. He was absolutely automatic. Chase Allen, the walk-on from Texas, his backup was one for three. Uh, you know, he, he hit the upright on one, was uh, just wide on a 48-yarder, made a 43-yarder. But, at, and of course, the 43-yarder he made, they, they threw a, there was a penalty flag. He missed the 48-yarder just wide. But Will Riker, if he stays healthy, he is outstanding. He will be – I'll just go ahead and predict it. Nick Saban has had a per, a player drafted at every position in the NFL – except for long snapper. Thomas Fletcher may break that this year, and Will Reichert will, will end the pun, the place-kicking jinx because he is just outstanding. And so, and then, the, as we said, we talked about the kickoff return unit, so that's really your special teams report. Now, for the best unit on the football team, William, the defense, uh, that front seven after seeing them Saturday is the best I've seen since 2016. They have developed some depth and see they, and we know they've got some key guys like a Fiderian Mathis that isn't practicing right now, but they've got seven other defensive linemen that are playing winning football. William, that, that first group, DJ Dale, uh, Justin, a boy, B, Byron young. And then really uh, I, I consider LeBron right now that he's healthy. Another starter, they're outstanding. And you don't even have Federian Mathis there. And then you have the, the second group, which, I I don't eventually 50 and that's Tim Smith. He's so he was so disruptive. He's going to eventually, in my opinion, beat out 94 DJ Dale, but he's outstanding. You've got Jamil Burrows, the sophomore from Georgia, who I thought did a solid job. And then the underrated guy that's flown under the radar. He was a 1A football player, William, but John Marion Latham from Pickens County. He had a sack in the game. They still even got a kid like Stephon Wynn too. There's gonna to be depth along that defensive line like we saw in two thousand and sixteen.
1: Yeah, I mean I think the you know the focus should be you know because we all talk about, you know, what Chris Allen and you know Will Anderson can do and you know Drew Sanders to a secondary point and then when you get um, you know, the kite kid and Dallas Turner that factors in out there at the Sam and Jack position, um, it's going to get even uglier. But to me, I think the, the, the big focus on this 2021 Alabama football team is what's going on on the interior of the front seven on that defense. And I think what you're going to see, Drew, as, as the season plays on, Um, it's going to become a strength. And then you've got the, you know, eight, nine, maybe even ten-guy rotation that can go into the interior of that offensive line when they go base, which they're not going to have to go base um, versus a lot of opponents. Um, And and then so you spread that out and you go back to – you know, Chris Allen, Will Anderson, Drew Sanders, and then all of a sudden you've got Dallas Turner and, you know, Cot. You know, I think this 2021 Alabama defense has a chance to be a special, special unit. And, you know, me, you, Thomas, and everybody else in the Alabama nation, you know, banged on Pete Golding for – you know the last two years, but honestly, if if we're really honest about what we said and did, if you look at what that defense did from let's just say Thanksgiving through the national championship game, they played an the elite level,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I, I think you're going to see that carryover go into the 2021 season. Um, you know, you, you've got so many quality players that are at all three phases of the defense. You know, defensive line, edge rushers, inside linebackers, you know, into the DBs. I mean, I, I think it's a plus-plus win, um, you know, for Alabama that Jalen Armour Davis, at least through a day, um, you know, it has held on to that opposite spot from Josh Jobe, um, you know, it's a boundary corner. There's a lot of guys that you could slide in there and, and say that, you know, he's going to replace him. But I think we'll all have by this time next year a definitive opinion about what Pete Golding is able to do on the defensive side of the football.
0: Yeah, that's a great point because he's going to have, you know, you know, a lot of talent on that side of the ball. And I think the best group in the defense is the linebacker core. And I, you know, I made this comment to uh, Rodney or of tighter after the scrimmage, I said, look, it does, it, to me, the linebacker core is elite Henry Toa toe or not. Cause I was really impressed with Jalen Moody. I thought he was solid. Like he always is. I thought, Christian uh, Harris looked really comfortable and in- did a great job. And then one of the surprises, as far as a freshman, William, that's really catching on quickly. He reminds me of CJ Mosley from the same part of the state in mobile, Deontay Lawson from mobile Christians already with the twos. He's number 32 CJ's old number uh, and Dylan Moses. He's already making plays uh, and looking really good. So, uh, Des another good young inside backer number 37. He had a fumble recovery. Uh, he was mostly with the twos and the threes, but Deontay kind of really stuck out to me. Uh, I thought he was really uh, doing a nice job along with Shane Lee. He was with the twos. I think Shane's a steady, she goes, you and I've talked about how I think the fan base has been a little bit too hard on him. But I just think when you look at that, that duo, they're really good players. I would think more than likely Nick Saban would still take Toa Toa if this rule is passed as we expect for interconference transfers, but he doesn't have to, I don't think. So that's going to be a really interesting decision because I'll say this it's the deepest group of outside pass rushers I've ever seen at Alabama. I know 2016 was dynamic, but those guys out there, when you, I thought the offensive MVP was Roy Dell Williams, the defensive MVP for me was Chris Allen, Will Anderson was. As always, he stood out as well. Those are the the best duo in college football. But behind them, there's not much of a drop off. You've got Drew Sanders, who recorded, you know, another sack in the scrimmage. Who's got? A, he's a great athlete. Who now knows what to do defensively, in my opinion. And then you've got King Makuda, who kind of been forgotten about. He was very solid in the scrimmage. And then this is where it really stands out. I mean, I had to double check my roster with him. I thought I was flashing back to Courtney Upshaw but he kind of <laughs> been forgotten about. I'm like, who the hell is 41? I'm like, oh, that's Chris Braswell. He was only a five-star from St. Francis. He had multiple sacks in the scrimmage, and he's a guy that can really rush. He's a third-team guy, along with Quandarius Robinson, who's a freak athlete from the Jackson Olin in Birmingham. That's your third stringers, and you've already brought it up. You don't even have Dallas Turner yet, who may have been the best pass rusher, in all of high school football last year, he will be either an end or an outside backer, might grow into a defensive end. It's just a, it's an embarrassment of riches uh, for Sal Sanceri and Pete Golding. And that linebacker group should be the best in college football easily next year, in my opinion.
1: No, I agree. And, you know, don't forget about the kite kid from uh, Louisiana. That's yeah. going to make it even deeper. Yeah. And, it, again, Drew, um, the 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 thing that just you know makes me smile is we still aren't even talking about Damon Payne. Yes. And um, you know I, I know Goodwine's down there right now, but you you think about all the talent that they have on that front seven, which if they all do their jobs, it makes the back end of the defense that much easier and we could spend two weeks talking about the talent that's on the back end of that defense with what, you know, Nick Saban has recruited. Oh, and it's just crazy. It's yeah. Absolutely. Really,
0: crazy. Yeah, it really is. I mean, Keanu too, uh, for the state of Florida, he, he, he's number 19. He early enrolled. He's still got to get bigger, but he's another one, as you said, could, his film was great. As a senior. He's got a chance to develop later on, uh, and he'll probably be a special teams guy this year, but uh, that's a, he's another pass rusher uh, that could develop. And it really, really, for me, the only question on this defense, and you brought up Jalen Armour Davis, who was kind of forgotten about, had a very solid spring. They've got to find the corner to replace Sertain. Job is solid. Uh, you know, I thought the secondary looked good. Uh, you know, uh, considering, of course, they're going up against some inexperienced wide receivers, but Jordan Battle is certainly going to be a force back there. Brian Branch, they don't even have Malachi Moore, who was the best freshman defensively in the SEC. He should be back for the fall to be disruptive. So he will be back, in my opinion, at that star spot. It looks like, to me, Branch and Battle and Helms are going to be those those three safeties. Uh, I think right now Branch would probably be in the nickel and dime package. Helms has really improved. Uh, certainly a guy that got more and more confident. He was one of those guys, as you brought up, how the defense uh, really solidified itself from Thanksgiving to the end of the season. He was one of those forces that really, I think, uh, was able to assert himself. He's very physical in the box, uh, kind of like a a Mark Barron type. So DeMarco Hellams has had, he had a pick six in the first scrimmage too. He's been now wearing number two. Uh, He's a junior from, uh, you know, from the Baltimore, Maryland area, a Mike Loxley find. He's a really good player. And then, you know, I know they've thrown Kool-Aid McKinstry into the fire. I know Saban likes the way that he's been uh, stepping up and and kind of been, uh, you know, really battling. And, and, and of course, he's given up some plays. But, again, he's a true freshman. But he likes the lights. That's one reason why I think they're giving him a chance at punt return. But he's competing back there. But really – Uh, One of the corners that I've been really impressed with is Marcus Banks from Texas. He got a pick six off Paul Tyson in the scrimmage and had and picked off Bryce Young, just made a really good play on the ball. So it's going to be an interesting battle between him and Jalen Armour Davis. But see, we still don't have all the pieces because Kyrie Jackson, that freak from junior college from East Mississippi, is not even on campus yet. He's going to throw his... uh, talents into the fray so it'll be interesting to see how quickly he learns and if he can join that battle but you know it's going to be interesting to see how that corner spot plays itself out because i think all the other places in that secondary are falling into play you know are really being solidified it's just a a really good defense right now william to me with no discernible weakness if everyone stays healthy and keeps improving
1: No, I agree with you. I think what's so funny about the whole damn thing, and, and, you know, me, you, and Thomas, I think, are all three guilty of kind of, you know, falling into this rabbit hole. Um, But if you look at at Pete Golding's body of work from September 1st through maybe no Thanksgiving, let's just call it November 21st, But if you look at that body of work from the Auburn game through the SEC championship game and the playoffs, the guy did some good work. And, you know, myself, I owe an apology. Um, They ended up, I think, 13th in scoring defense, which is, two or three spots better than what all the college football experts were saying about Kirby smarts defense at Georgia.
0: Yeah. They were number one in the sec in scoring defense. You're right. Yeah, no doubt. And I was going to bring Thomas into the conversation to give his thoughts uh, here as we're uh, wrapping up uh, the, the football conversation. Uh, but Thomas, uh, your thoughts on where you see Alabama right now heading into a day.
2: Well, uh, let me say, I did not get to go to the scrimmage, but we, I posed a few questions when we did the show when spring started. And I personally still think the offense is going to remain to be seen. It's completely fair to say that Alabama is extraordinarily ta- talented on offense but we're talking about a unit that lost 89% of its production from last year and had almost wholesale coaching changes. Now, you know, the pieces are there, but they still need to get put together in game action. Uh, I will say something I think William has said so many times that it will never leave my head. Uh, The offensive line is, you know, they're not in game shape right now on top of the injuries. So what do I think is going to happen at a day? If I'm a betting man, I'm taking whatever team has the first-team defense. Uh, I'll be oh. honest with that, Drew. But yeah. in terms of the defense, uh, firstly, yes, Pete Golding deserves a ton of credit. Uh, you gave him much closer to a fully stacked deck last year, and he did some great things with it. It makes me feel confident just as a football fan that the Alabama football team is not going to take a huge step back either for the 8 day game or going into the 2021 season because the defense is going to have to lead the offense for a little while. I think it will be interesting to see if we have the return of organic pressure. Um, the early part, early reviews are that Christopher Allen and Will Anderson are terrors off the edge. You need to find some interior pressure, but I think the pieces are there for that. So overall, I think it's completely fair to be still excited about this team I'm not sure I'm ready to jump on the bandwagon where Alabama is the odds-on-betting favorite to win the national championship this upcoming year. I think that's, that's a bridge too far before we see the other teams really get underway. But again, if you, had, if you asked me how I feel about how Alabama sits five and a half months from kickoff, I, I think it's about where you'd expect. The defense sounds dominant. The offense has a lot of pieces that can do a lot of damage if they can get put together in a decent way. And what more can you ask for? Uh, Alabama's got a decent schedule. And you know, if you want to talk purely from fan service, the stadium's going to be rocking and rolling again. So I'm good for what this is. I'm sure that the thing that I'm going to really be keyed into as we spin into summer and start gearing up for fall camp is how much do Ray and Baloo do in terms of continuing to get players ready to play at a high level. Uh, there was a statistic that I think um, that one of the two tweeted, I don't remember, but Alabama was like among the lowest in missed snaps, um, like player missed snaps for injury in the country, or they were significantly below the average. Well, Let's go on back a little bit, Drew. Let's go back to the years that Alabama didn't win the national championship. Now, there are some good football teams that Alabama lost to, and I take nothing away from those guys. But, you know, you talk about the kick six year. Uh, You know, Vinny Sanseri gets hurt with a freak ACL injury. Yeah. The the, the 44-16 Clemson game – where you're running out an Ayabe Anoma who doesn't know his head from a hole in the ground to try and figure out a way to get some exterior pass rush on Trevor Lawrence because of the injuries to guys. I mean, it's to me it's fairly simple. If we roll into Auburn week or the middle of November and the two deep has had one or two at maximum significant injuries, Alabama is going to be hyper competitive if not outright favored against anybody. Because at the end of the day, as good as Kirby Smart has recruited at Georgia and as good as Ryan Day has recruited at Ohio State, Nick Saban's simply been better. And Alabama's starting 22, the second that the Crimson Tide takes the field against Miami, is more talented than anybody. You keep those kids healthy. You keep them developing through the year through strength and conditioning and coaching. And yeah, I can see where the favorite would sit. But I'm not quite there yet, just as a matter of course, Drew.
0: Well, it's going to be interesting because Henry Toa Toa, he will still be out there. Does he join this squad uh, before the fall? Jt, two of them, I know he wants to make his visits. Alabama still wants him, even though uh, both of those guys would be luxuries. Uh, Jtt, of course, would need to get stronger, get you know, get more acclimated. He didn't go through the spring. He had a spring, uh, you know, senior football season, but still a great athlete someone to join that DL room he could be a factor probably not in 2021 but in 22 uh, Toa Toa is an elite player to me I would still take him if they pass that rule but you know Moody has shown that he can play winning football so it's going to be a really interesting dynamic and in decision but I will go back I do still think the two biggest questions that are going to be coming out of fall uh, or excuse me out of spring going into fall are the offensive line but as we've said tonight, most of that is due to health uh, and getting people back and, and uh, getting the pieces fit where they where you need them to and getting these guys on the field to get chemistry going. And really, uh, an area I didn't mention in special teams, but punting. The punting was average at best on Saturday. The best punt was by Ty P. Ryan, but he's still inconsistent, spraying the ball around. Charlie Scott has been hurt and did not go through the offseason program as much as he needed to. Uh, he was the really the the, the uh, de facto uh, punter last year. He he sat he settled in after he beat Sam Johnson from Oak Mountain out. So I still think Charlie Scott, J.K. Scott's brother, will likely be the punter. He'll give them enough of what they need when he gets healthy. But you know, and really those are uh, to me with, with as much talent as Alabama's lost, and we're going to see that in the NFL draft. They may set a record for first rounders. That's pretty. Uh, that shows how loaded this roster is. So. Very excited about it. As I said, deepest position on the team, outside pass rush on the, on the defensive side, and then at running back, when you think of what we saw, uh, you know, out of Roy Dell in the scrimmage on Saturday, and then you have Brian Robinson, you got J- Jace McClellan, and then, uh, of course, Keelan Robinson with his hybrid role, and then Kyle uh, Edwards, who redshirted last year from Louisiana. He had a touchdown catch, a touchdown run in the scrimmage he would start at half the SEC schools. And you don't even have Kamar Wheaton on campus yet. So it's just a ridiculously deep group. Uh, and so all the, all the tools are there. I just want to continue to see Bryce get comfortable and get better. Uh, but certainly this football team has got a chance to be special. And, uh, you know, in the past, I've tried to uh, guess an MVP offensively and defensively uh, for the A-Day game. I don't think I'm going to go there this year. There's just so many really good players, but I think it's going to be a great showcase at noon on Saturday. And I've got to tell you too, uh, you know, I I really think this football team has got a chance to be special. Hey, Thomas, you bring up a great point. If they can stay healthy in key spots, they need to keep Bryce Young healthy because it's probably the most inexperienced we've seen from the quarterback position, even though there is definite talent there, an elite talent, but it's inexperienced. So you need to keep Bryce Young healthy and then I think you need to keep, uh, you know, uh, cer- certain guys like a Will Anderson, even though there's depth at outside linebacker because he means so much to the fabric, and a Chris Allen, guys that have grinded. Uh, but you need to keep certain guys healthy, no doubt. But I think overall this football team, there are spots where they could absorb an injury or two, but they need, uh, you know, that they it's still an elite roster. And as you said, Ohio State certainly, and Clemson, and and Georgia will be compared to them, but if they stay healthy, I still like this alabama uh football team's chances and and now i uh, I and thomas you know we we just gave our, our thoughts on the football team and and what we uh what we're hoping to to see going from spring to fall and what we've seen during the spring and some of the young talent maturing but I would be remiss if I did not you know give some closing remarks on basketball first of all thoughts and prayers. Uh, to the family of Cameron Luke Ratliff, uh, who of course was the president of Crimson Chaos, the student section, and who went to 42 straight Alabama basketball games, every one of them this year. Uh, they lost him tragically to COVID right after Alabama's Sweet 16 run in Indianapolis. Uh, just unbelievably, like a, a, a you know a gut blow. Uh, you know I I I did not know him personally, but you you you. I mean, he, we followed each other on Twitter. There's no way you didn't know who Fluff, fluffopotamus 88 was on Twitter. Uh, a young man from North Carolina, 23 years old, taken from us way too soon, just like my good friend Bama Zach Green, who, of course, was in his mid-50s. I think he was 56 when we lost him to the same thing, COVID and pneumonia. But we lost two great Alabama fans that love the tie with all their soul. Uh, thoughts and prayers still go out to their families. Uh, is, you know, they won't be here to see the tide from going forward. They will be watching from above. Certainly, we hate that we lost them. Uh, But Alabama paying a lot of homage to both these guys. Nick Saban sending his condolences for Bama Zach, sending uh, some autographed memorabilia to them and an autographed card. Uh, I know there was a lot of people, including the Alabama coaching staff, uh, basketball-wise, that went to Cameron's funeral this past weekend in North Carolina. Cecil Hurt was there. I know Nick Saban uh, paid his condolences after the scrimmage on Saturday. So it's just, we, 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 thoughts and prayers go out to them. But what an unforgettable year in basketball. Uh, Just an unexpected one in so many ways. I think I thought the team had a chance to go to the NCAA tournament, was not expecting to win the Southeastern Conference regular season for the first time, you know, since uh, 2002. And then to, uh, for the first time in 31 years, uh, to win the SEC tournament. I mean, it was just so significant. Or really, excuse me, 30 years uh, to win the SEC tournament because I, I believe it had been 91. But for the first time in 30 years to win the SEC tournament in that classic game over Western Union, aka LSU. I mean, it was an, just an unbelievable run for Alabama. A special senior class, John Petty Jr., who. I watched grow up here in Huntsville, two-time Mr. Basketball. He becomes the all-time leading three-point shooter in Alabama history and an all-SEC player. You got a guy like Herbert Jones, never made a B in his life, a guy from, you know, just from the backyard uh, in uh, in Tuscaloosa, uh, won a state championship, uh, also his senior year in high school, Uh, just had an outstanding career. Uh, SEC player of the year, SEC defensive player of the year, and then Jordan Bruner, the graduate transfer, and then Alex Reese. And Alex Reese went through a lot of, you know, ups and downs at Alabama, but he really had a great postseason run, made the biggest shot of his life to give them a chance uh, to get to the Elite Eight against UCLA. It was just an unbelievable run and an unbelievable group of kids. And Nate Oates has now signed an extension. He's signed an outstanding recruiting class since we last, you know, brought came to you. You know, they've, they, they had J.D. Davidson and Juson Holt. I love both those guys. J.D. now a two-time Mr. Basketball uh, honoree, much like uh, Ronald Steele and Trevor Lacey, who both played at Alabama as well, and John Petty Jr. But J.D. Davidson is going to have a huge impact on the squad. Uh, Juson Holt, really good replacement for John Petty as a wing shooter with a lot of size and length at 6'5", 6'6". Uh, the Class A player of the year private school-wise in Georgia. And then uh, they've added three other pieces in just the last few days. Now it's interesting. Uh, one piece has now departed uh, the junior college power forward. Langston Wilson asked out of his letter of intent. Uh, you know, I think in a lot of ways uh, his, his the people around him. He probably saw that he wasn't going to have a big role this year. I don't think he's scared of competition, but I think there's just so many minutes to go around. I think, he, he can also play another year at junior college getting this extra season. He's raw because he's only played two years of organized basketball due to having Marfan syndrome, uh, which is kind of a kinetic, uh, you know, uh, nerve disorder uh, having to do with exertion that was kind of misdiagnosed. He didn't play in high school. So uh, I think Langston, he's going to reassess his options. But Alabama has since added three pieces, Charles Bediaco. Uh, which is kind of a missing piece, 6'11", 235, up to 235 now from IMG Academy. He can make an impact inside. Alabama did not have much rim protection, especially when Bruner got hurt. I hurt both knees. And, you know, even then he wasn't a true rim protector, good defender. But they haven't had a rim protector. They'll have him and Alex Chiku coming back from an Achilles. He had the red shirt this year. Uh, And they've still got, of course, my guy, Juwan Gary, but they're going to have much more rim protection. And now they add another piece like Noah Gurley from Furman, who's, who has 15 points against Alabama this year. Furman almost beating the tide in Coleman Coliseum. And so Alabama, they're adding a, a quality piece like Noah Gurley, who can defend, who can shoot, dri- dribble pass and shoot from the four spot. So you got another experienced guy coming in. And then you got Namari Burnett, the transfer from Texas Tech, five, former five-star. He nearly went to Alabama a year ago, chooses the uh, Red Raiders, but now didn't like their style of play, coming back to Tuscaloosa. So it's going to be really, I think, the most talented roster, 1-13, to 13, we've ever seen. But right now, Alabama's won over. They're at 14, and it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, who the other departure is. We've talked about James Rojas, and I love Rojas's grit. He won the game at South Carolina with free throws at the end. He, of course, made the big shot to beat Furman in Coleman Coliseum. And then Starkville clinched the SEC regular season with a huge three from the corner. But his minutes are going to be limited. You would think he'd want to go somewhere and play more. We'll see if Rojas – but, you know, some people believe, including Cecil Hurt, that Rojas may return due to the coaching staff being attached to him for a long time, and he may very well do it. And then there's a vote in June, perhaps they add, Scholarships to men's basketball. I have to believe that when I see it. So that could solve the issue. But right now, Alabama's got to have one more departure to get to 13. Javon Quinterly could test the draft waters, but I do think he, he's not going to be a first rounder. Would likely come back and needs another year. Or so, but again, that's a nice problem to have uh, with Nate Oates and crew. And I, I'm not sure that they're going to. I know they've had some interest in Garrison Brooks, the North Carolina grad transfer. I still think he's probably going to go play for his father at Mississippi State. So I think they're almost set with their roster. But Nate Oaks is going to speak to the media tomorrow. We'll have more on that with his signing class. But Alabama basketball, it couldn't be in a better place right now. And I think they, in the very near future, are going to break through, make that Final Four run they've never made, and have a chance to win a national championship. If Baylor, under Scott Drew, can build a national championship program, that I think Nate Oates can do it at the university of Alabama. They just have to support him and continue to, of course, uh, uh, give him all the, all the, uh, you know, the tools he needs. They certainly gave him a contract extension and now hopefully they're going to address the facility very soon, but some very bright days ahead for Alabama basketball. And now, you know, Cameron Luke Radliff and, and Zach green will be watching from above, but it's a great time to be an Alabama fan. Uh, certainly. And, uh, we're going to be bringing you some A-Day reaction next week and, of course, some more reaction uh, from after we hear from Nate Oates and Alabama basketball. But we thank everyone for supporting us and listening. I know everybody's been looking forward to our take on uh, this uh, past uh, Saturday scrimmage. We hope you enjoyed it. Good night, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week. I want to thank Thomas Watts and William Redfish Barger and Roll Tide.